In this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, uh, we're going to talk about SAD, uh, Seasonal Affective Disorder. Uh, seems to be good timing since we're in the middle of February and, uh, you know, there's some signs of spring coming along. But but for those of you who don't know, seasonal affective disorder, it's a, it's a relatively newer diagnosis, like, like in the past 40 years or so. But we're going to get into it. And I'm going to give you some information if if you have any of these um, symptoms and, and, and you feel like it's something that may be affecting you. We're going to go through all kinds of information and also what you need to do to combat this. And as usual, we give away free stuff, whatever it is. Check in. We'll, we'll get something away for free. Hang in there, folks. We'll be right back. Get ready for the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright, originating from the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. He has hypnotized thousands of people from all over the United States. David R. Wright has been featured on news outlets all across the country and is the clinical director of an outpatient mental health and hypnosis clinic located just south of Detroit, where he helps people daily using the power of hypnosis. Welcome, the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright. What is going on, my friends? This is David Wright, the Motor City Hypnotist. Uh, we're back with another episode of the Motor City Hypnotist podcast. Hanging out here on a Monday night in the uh, podcast, Your Voice, Southfield Studios. If you guys can see the, the banner behind us. Uh, again, if you've ever thought about doing a podcast, podcastyourvoice.com. Come take in, care of everything. Make some noise. Come in, make, yeah, come in and make some noise. That is Jamie, the other voice you hear. <laughs> Matt, Matt's out gallivanting around. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Who knows what? He's having some kind of fun. But Working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's important too. Yeah. So yeah. So thanks for Jamie for being here and, and helping out. So let me tell you, folks. First of all, where you can find me, my website is MotorCityHypnotist.com. My social media links on Facebook and youtube are both motor city hypnotist and on instagram and snapchat are both motor city hypno that is h y p n o when you get in that tiktok going i know that's just something <laughs> i've I, I i can't say i've never been on tiktok i've yeah. bounced in and out of there a couple times but it's just um i don't know it's just <sighs> they're gonna pull the plug on it yeah, I, I mean, at some point they probably will, yeah. but uh, it, you know, and here's the thing, and I and I don't, and and I'll I'll put I'll put the uh, the alarm uh, the bat signal out for for any helpers I can get out there, but um, I don't know how much you're involved in Facebook as far as advertising and business stuff, Jamie. Yeah, but I don't understand any of it. Okay, so Facebook is fairly easy to create and place ads. That, that there is some there is some structure to it, and you got to get used to that. But you can target, you can drill down and target to like, if you want to target 35 to 45 year old females who are married and have an income over $100,000, you could do that with ads. Here's the problem. Facebook has no people, period. It doesn't matter what happens. You cannot talk to anyone huh. ever. Right. So a couple of times I had ads and the specific one that I'm speaking of, I did an ad for weight loss. Oh, Facebook doesn't like the algorithm doesn't like weight loss because oh. they think it's a, you know, 
Snake oil. Snake oil or, or, or bilking people out of money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they suspended my ad account. Ah. And I went around and around and, and like, messages and, and emails. And, but, and, and you, can, you can't get to a person. I said, can I talk to somebody? They said, no, we have no one here that talks to anyone. Yeah. And, and it's just insane. So back to the TikTok thing. Uh, people are do, using that a lot for advertising now because they don't want to deal with the whole Facebook, you know, yep. Yep. debacle oh, that, yeah. that a lot of people run into. So, if, so any of you out there that work for Facebook, yeah, reach out. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just nice to be have one human contact that can look and say, "Yeah, this is whatever. This is what you need to do." So, anyway, that's we, di- that. we digress. We digress. I, we always digress, though. <laughs> so as usual. Uh, the free hypnosis guide link is in the show notes. Grab that while you can. I mean, it's always going to be there. So grab it, though. Click on it. Download it. It's yours. It's a PDF form. Tells you about hypnosis. Goes over some myths and misconceptions. You know, cool thing just to have as far as info goes. And I'm going to tease us a little bit. If, if you want to actually learn more, and by learning more, I'm talking about if you want to learn hypnosis, do you want to be as certified as a hypnotherapist or hypnotist, depending on your state, because language is different in different states? Um, later this year, I'm going to be doing a live training. We, 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 this is going back a bit because mm. we had planned this training the year COVID hit. And this training, I, let me tell you just quickly about it. And, and as it gets closer, we're going to set dates. But this is in person for five days. You have five days, 40 hours of training in person with real volunteers. Now, there are tons of other courses or classes or YouTube videos that you could watch. And I, I, I just say it this way. Can you learn just by watching? Maybe. But the only way really to learn it and to, is to do it and realize how it works in person with real people and, and being able to manage issues if they come up or, or go in a different direction. You, you have to have that in-person experience to be effective. So this training will be later this year, probably in the fall, September, maybe somewhere in there. Um, so if, if you're interested, go to my website. There's a link there for Academy. Um, and, and the dates are not filled in yet. But you can actually click in there, and if you want to kind of pre-reserve your spot, jump in there and do that. Because I limit it to 10 people just because too, if you get too many people, it's, it's hard to, to wrangle them. It's like herding cats. Should you everybody know? bring their own pocket watch people, to people, wave? You can bring your own pocket watch <laughs> or, or whatever, whatever other in, implements you like to bring. <laughs> oh! Great Odin's Raven. <laughs> See, I'm, yeah, I'm already I'm that. already a pro. Yeah, I, it's uh, I start talking, my entire class falls asleep. <laughs> I, but other people, this would probably be very very helpful. Oh no, absolutely. And, and again, you could you could learn it. And, and here's a great that. thing: you will do your homework. You, you don't. These try are not Jedi. the droids you're yeah, looking I know, for. I know. Yeah. Um, here's the thing: you don't have to have any prior experience. You don't have to have a degree. So. Um, Years, years ago, I went to a training way back when. It was a hypnosis training because sometimes you go on trainings to learn things and conventions and stuff. But there was a guy there had no he, – he knew the word hypnosis. I think that was it. <laughs> but he came because he wanted to pay for this class and get certified. And, and he was working – I don't know. It's worked as a truck driver or something. Mm. But – yeah, you need no prior experience. You don't need a degree. So if you're interested, check out the website, go to Academy, and there's a link in there that you can kind of pre-register or just leave your name and information 
so that when we set the dates, you'll have it. So that's my tease for the day. Right. Awesome. It is time. That's how winning is done. So this, this is a cool story. Um, this is about a 77-year-old school janitor. It's a woman. Um, and the article starts, she always polished furniture and furniture until it sparkled. And soon all the staff and students fell in love with this wonderful woman for her incredible hard work and perseverance, which turned the school into one of the cleanest places in the city. But it turned out that this inconspicuous old woman kept a very sad secret from everyone all the time. Mm. One day, the director called Francis to the school cafeteria. The woman must have been puzzled when the need was announced over the loudspeaker. What she met when she entered the cafeteria was far beyond her wildest fantasies. More than 200 students and staff were waiting for Francis to congratulate the woman on her 77th birthday. It turned out that the principal found out that this elderly woman had never had a birthday party in her entire life. 77, you've never had a birthday party. And all the staff and students decided to arrange a real holiday party for her. It was the very first happy birthday of her life. She was greeted at the door with a loud happy birthday song, after which the cart full of gingerbread cookies and chocolate muffins, as well as plenty of lemonade, was rolled out of the kitchen. (laughs) Okay, this woman's 77, and there are pictures in the story. You know, with all these winners of the week, I always leave the story link in the show notes. So Mm. so if you want to see the pictures of Frances, she's 77, just sweet old woman. Sounds sweet. You know, yeah. Frances was given a glittering tiara put on her head. In addition, the students hung a commemorative ribbon for the woman before she was led to a chair in the very center of the room. She was truly the star of the party. Soon it was time for the highlight of the show. Curtains on one side of the room opened to reveal a large screen. It turned on a slideshow that included a documentary about Frances's story. Mm. Many photographer, many photographs detailed important historical events throughout her long and eventful life. One of them showed Francis raising the flag on Iwo Jima, standing next to Neil Armstrong on the moon. It was kind of, I'm assuming they like photoshopped a lot of these, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think she was on the moon with Neil. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think she was the one that got out. No! <laughs> no! Don't shut me up! Um... Uh, Frances reminisced about her childhood. She grew up in a very poor family. It turns out her parents could never afford to give the little girl a proper birthday party. They almost never had even a chance to celebrate Christmas. Frances was truly delighted with such a wonderful gesture from the school. It was a well-thought-out reward from the principal, staff, and students for the efforts of the cleaning lady. One can only thank these people for making the old woman smile on her birthday. I don't know who wrote that. I don't like that last line. Yeah. Thank these people for making the old woman. It just doesn't. Old woman. Doesn't well, what am I supposed to call man. you? You can call me Dave. How do I, well, I did, I didn't, didn't bother to ask. I didn't know. 
Uh, so we're help, just help, living I'm being money. Repressed. <laughs> just living Monty Python clips. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We should do that. I need some. I, I need some Monty Python clips clips on the, on the show here. But but yeah. So Francis, her seventy seventh birthday, end of the school, who gave her a party. Oh, cool, sweet. cool, sweet story, and I'm sure she enjoyed it. And uh, you know, I don't. So who's the winner, Francis, or the guy who threw the party? I, I think it's both. I think okay. Francis is the winner, and I think the the school was... and the students and the principal and yeah. everybody who's involved. Of course, they don't give names to any of the other people. So sure. right. as as a group, I guess they they could be. You know, right. and I'm just kind of wondering. They said, "Oh, they did say they pulled out the cart with with muffins and cookies and lemonade. Mm, nothing nice. nothing harder for Francis on yeah. her on her birthday. <laughs> uh, school ground, school ground." <laughs> you people on dope yeah school grounds so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so anyway to francis and the school the students the principal everybody it's just a cool story that is our winner of the week that's how winning is done cool cool story pretty pretty nice so back to it so we are talking today, folks, about seasonal affective disorder. The short name for it is SAD, and I'm sure they, when they thought this acronym up at some point, they thought, oh, this fits perfectly. Yeah, yeah. So, so I've been practicing for over 30 years now. It'll be 31 years in August, actually. Um, and when I started, it was like 92 is when I graduated and started in, in that summer. Um, so a lot of times... Mental health has evolved over time. So, you know, back in the 1800s, you know, they used to hospitalize women who who were <laughs> who were going through their menstrual cycle oh, because because yeah. they just thought they were crazy. I mean, so so <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about these like very like antiquated, you know, barbaric things that used to happen, you know hundred couple hundred years ago mm-hmm. so so mental health itself has evolved and over that time a lot of new diagnoses have come into play as things have gotten a little bit more i guess clear or a little bit more defined i i mean for an example and i'll go back to some some things that that were things that were diagnosed 50 years ago in the in the dsm that's the diagnostic and statistical manual that's where all of the mental health diagnoses mm-hmm. are I mean, homosexuality used to be a diagnosis. Oh. Um, um, there are so many of things that, that we just take as being typical and normal now that used to be diagnoses in there, and then they've added some. So seasonal affective disorder, it's been acknowledged for a long time, but it didn't exist until 1984 as a term. <laughs> so within my lifetime. Um the term seasonal affective disorder, SAD, was first used in a paper by Norman Rosenthal and colleagues at the National Institute of Mental Health in Bethesda, Maryland. That was in 1984. And since then, they've done research, you know, once they did, you know, came up with this term and, and how it works. Tons of research have gone into this over the years to kind of figure out, well, what is seasonal affective disorder? Because because I know... <laughs> If, if you just talk to people on the street and they said, hey, you know, um, if you ask them about, yeah, what about like this winter depression? And they're like, oh, that's a bunch of shit. You know, it doesn't exist. You know, well, as a, di- as a, as a diagnosis, it seems newer, but they, they've had those like little and you see them like in, in, in movies sometimes old timey uh, like sun lamps people would have on yes. their on their yes. desk. Yes, yes, yes. To, and, and it made people feel better. Yes. 
Yes, UV so, lights, and and yes, yeah. and 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 we're going to get into that oh, and point. how that 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 you know affects the chemicals in your brain. Um, so, seasonal affective disorder, in a nutshell, is a type of depression that typically happens during the winter months, especially in colder climates. In general, that's what it is. Um, it begins and ends approximately the same time every year, just a, you know, based on the weather. Um, so typically, symptoms will start in the fall. They'll exist through the winter. And then when spring hits, the symptoms kind of subside. Um, so really, it's, it's, it, it's, it's weird because it does resolve itself when it comes to warmer weather, especially if, if you're in northern climates. And, and a lot of people might like poo-poo this and say, oh, well, let's just, you know, you just have to, I don't know, do something different in the winter. I don't know. But I have a lot of clients who, who are really see a cycle with this. And they know that during the winter months, they're going to be depressed. They, they can kind of see it ahead of time. Although as a therapist, I try to say, let's not make this a self-fulfilling prophecy. Let's try and get a different kind of kind of reset that mindset so that you're not, you know, you're not leading yourself into it. But it is documented, you know, seasonal affective disorder causes depression and there are some treatments and we're going to get into the specifics of though, but, but, but Jamie just mentioned one, light therapy or phototherapy. Mm-hmm. That's light therapy that can help. Psychotherapy, of course, and medications can help as far as seasonal affective disorder. So, so a lot of people will kind of brush this off in a way and, and, and when it gets to the, the, those cold winter months, they might just... They say to themselves, ah, it's just cold and I'm in a funk and I'll be, you know, I'll be fine. And, and, and I guess that's fine. That's okay. But, but the point is, is that if it's something that you know is, is, is a cycle and it happens every winter and, and you get to the point where you're depressed enough that you start contemplating self-harm, mm. that, that becomes a problem. So it's, so it's definitely not something you should ignore and just say, ah, it's the winter blues. I'll be fine in April because we're in Michigan. I mean, you might not be fine till June or July. <laughs> you, right. you, you don't know. <gasps> oh, great Odin's Raven. I, I mean, we, we are going to get a 65 degree day here on Wednesday. Did you see it? Did you hear yeah, that? Yeah. What in blazes are you talking about? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's crazy, but uh, it is warmer right now. So let me talk about symptoms because people would say, oh, yeah, you're, you're, you just feel sad. And, and there's a little bit more to it than that. So, again, symptoms typically will appear late fall or early winter and then, again, kind of dissipate once spring and summer hits. In, in, um, now, there are some rare cases where that cycle is flip-flopped. There are, there are some people with an opposite pattern that they get down in the spring-summer and feel better in the winter. That's rare, and that's a much less uh, amount of people in that population. So let me give you some signs and symptoms of seasonal affective disorder. Feeling listless, sad, or down most of the day, nearly every day. <clears throat> now, even just that, I, I, and I, as I read this, I, I, I talk to clients, I work with them. Most people, even if they're clinically depressed we'll have a good day here or there, or, or maybe half and half. Who knows? It's different with every individual. <clears throat> but if in the winter you're feeling sad or down most of the day, nearly every day, that, that's something you need to take a look at. Losing interest in activities you once enjoyed. I mean, even if you're an outdoor and avid 
winter outdoors person, maybe you like skiing or snowmobiling or, you know, shoe. What 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 do they call snowshoes? Snowshoeing. Snowshoeing. I haven't done it in so, twenty years. I, I I don't think I've ever. I, I don't think I've I, I've ever uh, done snowshoeing. Mm. I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, this some some people thrive in the in mm-hmm. the winter. The snow snowmobilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, actually, they're probably really depressed this year because it's been a crappy. Well, snow yeah, because season. there's been no snow. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. Okay. Quick sidebar. My um, my in laws were big in snowmobiling for many years. Like my father in law was the president of the snowmobile club, mm-hmm. and they live up in Baldwin, which is kind of like forty five minutes southeast of Traverse City. So we would appease them, and, and I, you know, I I've been on it. I've ridden a snowmobile once or twice in my life. So we go up and. And, oh, we're going to have a snowmobile weekend. I'm like, all right, we'll we'll do this. So I get on, you know, they got like three or four sleds and I get on one. And that was kind of fun, you know, get that thing cranked up. And, and I know I was probably only going like 25, 30 miles an hour. But sure. it feels like, you know, when you're on that thing, it feels like a lot faster than that. Oh, yeah. So there, but, but the other, the group that I was up there flying up ahead. So I come around and I'm like, I got to catch up. So I come around this corner and just, just wipe uh, I'm off. The snowmobile goes flying into the woods and hits a tree. <laughs> Smashes up the whole front end. <laughs> sorry. And I'm like, I, I sorry. And, and then, um, you know, so that that's my snow. I, and I haven't been since. <laughs> Just because for me. Did, didn't get invited. Did, didn't get invited back, did you? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, there, there are other, there are other things coming into play <laughs> yeah, yeah, there yeah, as yeah. well, but, uh, but yeah, just, but there are some, some people who enjoy winter activities. I, I used to ski. Um, in fact, I took that as my phys ed class, like two, two, two years in a row when uh-huh. I was in school and, um, tore my knee up, but, but yeah, I used to enjoy skiing, but now it just doesn't even, it's not even in my periphery as far as like, Ooh, I'd love to do that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm Okay. I, I I'd rather I'd rather be where it's warm. Yeah. Oh, good for you. So so anyway, let's get back into the symptomology here. Losing interest in activities, even if they're outdoor activities, having low energy and feeling sluggish. Now we could all probably check that box off many days just based on what you do for a living. But um, here's the other the other thing that sounds counterintuitive. Uh, having issues sleeping too much, mm. like spending, you know, 10, 12, 14 hours in bed sleeping every day. And here's the physiological thing that comes into play, because a lot of us will think, oh, well, it's in everybody's head. It, it's, a, it's a seasonal defective order. It's a, it's a mental illness, and it is, but it does affect you physiologically as well, because you can experience carbohydrate cravings, overeating, and weight gain, because mm. you're, not, you're not feeling good. Having difficulty concentrating, feeling hopeless, worthless, or guilty. And then, of course, when it gets to an extreme point, having thoughts of not wanting to live. Mm. You know, some sort of suicidal or self-harm ideations. Mm. So, so seasonal affective disorder, even though the term says seasonal, this really, all of these symptoms that we're talking about is the exact same thing that happens in a major depressive disorder. 
somebody who feels this all the time, not just seasonal. Now, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to to lessen the import the the impact that the seasonal affective disorder has, but but some people live with this constant that that major depressive disorder. Mm-hmm. Um. So some some symptoms specific to winter onset SAD, SAD, would be oversleeping, appetite changes, weight gain, uh, tiredness, and low energy. And then, uh, honestly, they, they have that flip-flop. To, so for spring or summer, um, it, it seems to be a little bit different as far as, as symptomology, which is kind of weird. But agitation or anxiety, typically in the summer, increased irritability and weight loss. So I don't know that, that that's kind of an odd juxtaposition between summer sad and winter sad, but um, I, I, it's just weird that that's that's very a, a very weird thing. So seasonal changes will also affect people who have existing conditions of things such as major depression or bipolar disorder, especially. Mm. So so. We we did a whole episode on bipolar disorder. Gosh, it's been a way back when. One of the 210 <laughs> episodes, we were 208 or whatever oh, we're on. Yeah. But uh, but it's a ways back. But but look that one up because we talk about bipolar disorder in depth. Um, so a lot of times seasonal changes will affect people's bipolar disorder. In fact, I, I have a couple of clients who distinctly know. I, I, have, I, I have one client right now. She knows every March she's going to go into this funk. It's, she said it's happened every year for the last 20, 25 years. And even though we want to head off that, that, that thinking, that negative thinking, or that, that kind of um, presumption that it's going to happen, she does. She, feels, she knows when it's going to happen, and it's like a cycle, and it happens every time, and, and it's hard for her to get past that. So, yes, uh, seasonal affective disorder can... can really affect people who already have a mental disorder and already dealing with something like depression or anxiety. So you can just add that on top, which makes it even more difficult. So, um, so what we're going to do folks, I have a, we're going to do, I was going to try to get through this whole thing, but we're going to take our time. Uh, we're going to talk about treatments and things you can do for seasonal affective disorder. That's going to be next episode. Um, so before we end this episode, let me pull up our 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 pet or our dog or our, Ooh, our, our I love the dog of the Oh, uh, so here's the thing. So so I know for those of you listening for a while, we're 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 going to Detroit Dog Rescue and pulling mm-hmm. up their their people or their dogs, their people, mm-hmm. their people that are available for adoption. <laughs> oh, good for you. So, they don't allow that anymore. But but for some reason I couldn't connect to their site today. So I went to a different place, Last Stop Animal Rescue and oh. Sanctuary in Carlton, Michigan. Okay. So as of right now, they have these puppies. And I'm gonna hold that oh, up so you can see. Oh, that's just it. forget about it. Yeah. Oh, look geez. look at that face. So that one, she's seven weeks. It's a female, mm-hmm. not even named yet. It's just blue collar, blue collar female. Aww. And then here, and I know it's not going to look a lot different, but here's the male from the same litter. Oh my can, goodness! Yeah. It looks like the same pup. I know it. It looks they look exactly the same. They Turn just have the that left, same please. look. <laughs> um, so yeah, Aww. these two puppies. Actually, there's four in the litter, but I, I, I didn't want to print them. all of all of the pictures. But um, 
yeah, if you want to own one of these puppies, call the Last Stop Animal Rescue and Sanctuary in Carleton, Michigan. They're seven weeks old. They're ready for a home. I want them. They need someone to come and, and take care of them. Sometimes they yeah. want you to come for them. They do. <laughs> so check it out. Uh, I will leave the link to that uh, to that service or that um, organization on the show notes so you guys can look that up if you want to adopt these adorable puppies. You know, I have noticed something, Jamie. I we, we have a golden doodle. Okay. So, you know, golden and poodle mix. He's second generation, so he's only about 30 pounds. But every... Every Facebook connection or my wife has that also have golden doodles, they look ex- they exactly the same. <laughs> Every single face looks exactly the same. Yeah. It's like I would see somebody else's dog and think it was my dog. Right. That's how similar they look. I'm no dog expert, but, you know, I suppose that's just the breed. Yeah. They, yeah, yeah. they look very yeah, similar. I love, I love that breed, though. You picked a good pup. Mm-hmm. And he is good most of the time. <laughs> so anyway, folks, that those are our puppies for today. Check them out. I'll leave the link in the show notes. Come back for next episode where we're going to talk about a little more about seasonal affective disorder. We're going to talk about possible possible treatments, what you may need to do, or some some things that you can put into in, into practice that's going to help you uh, if you're if you're affected by this. So in the meantime, folks, change your thinking, change your life, laugh hard, run fast, be kind. We'll see you next time.